What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Talking about hunger. Hunger by definition is a strong or compelling desire or craving, right? Like hunger for food. Some people have a hunger for power. We're going to read from Isaiah chapter 58. This is our opening or foundation text. I'll read out of the Passion Translation, and you all follow right along with me. It says, shout it loud and clear. Don't hold back. Let your voice be like a trumpet blast. Why don't we just do that real quick with a shout of praise? That's not what he's talking about here. But let's just let our praise be like a trumpet blast real fast. Go ahead and do that Hallelujah. online. Do it in the room. Glory to God. But in this context, he's asking here Isaiah to declare to my people their rebellion and to Jacob's tribe their sin. Yes, daily they seem to seek me, pretending that they delight, delight to know my ways as though they were a nation that does what is right and had not rejected the law of their God. They asked me to show them the right way, acting as though they are eager to be close to me. They say, why is it that when we fasted, you didn't even see it? We starved ourselves and you seemed to not notice. Because on the day you fasted, you were seeking only your own desires and you continue to exploit your workers. During your fast, you quarrel and you fight with others and you strike them with an angry fist. When you fast like that, your voice will not be heard on high. Do not think I'm impressed with that kind of fast. Is it just a day to starve your bodies, make others think you're humble, and lie down in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call that a fast? Do you think I, Yahweh, which is the Hebrew name for God, means the self-existent or eternal one, do you think that I will be pleased with that? This is the kind of fast that I desire. Remove the heavy chains of oppression. Stop exploiting your workers. Set free the crushed and mistreated. Break off every yoke of bondage. Share your food with the hungry. Provide for the hum homeless and bring them into your home. Clothe the naked. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. Then my favor will battle you in sunlight until you are like the dawn bursting through a dark night. And then suddenly your healing will manifest. You will see your righteousness march out before you and the glory of Yahweh will protect you from all harm. Then Yahweh will answer you when you pray. When you cry out for help, he will say, I am here. If you banish every form of oppression, the scornful accusations, and banish and vicious slander, and if you offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry and relieve those in misery, then your dawning light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will turn into noonday splendor. 
Yahweh will always guide you, not sometimes. He will always guide you where to go and what to do. He will fill you with refreshment when you are in a dry, difficult place. He will continually restore strength to you. So you will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. Your people will rebuild long deserted ruins, building anew on foundations laid long before you. You will be known, linked up church, as repairers of cities and restorers of communities. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for our edification, exhortation, and comfort of our souls. Were you edified today? I just had to say that. Now, we're not going to go back over everything we've talked about. We know the biblical fast, as Isaiah 58 puts it, is a way to be more devoted to God. It is a way to refrain from your own resources so that you can share them with others. And we're going to get into that today. We can break this uh, Isaiah chapter 58 down into four divisions. Division number one is God's command. Division number two is God's accusation. Division number three is God's instruction. Division number four is God's promises. We've dealt with division number one, uh, which was God's, uh, this one was really to me the most important, God's command. I mean, you know, God is not concerned about us fasting if we're not going to address the areas in our life we need growth in. We have no desire to change spiritually, right, and repent from the areas that we know are not right in our lives, then all God is saying is don't waste your time fasting. The second thing he talked about there was his accusation. These folks were fasting, but they were doing everything they normally would do if they weren't fasting. So they were just living their regular lives, not eating. I mean, you know, God is not concerned about us just doing what we want to do, living our regular lives and calling that a fast. Mm. Now, let's pick up with number three today, where we can get into some of the, the exhortation and comfort. Let's look at God's instruction. In that Passion Translation, verse 6 and 7, God says here, this is the kind of fast that I desire. Somebody says, this is the fast. Somebody say, this is the fast. This is the fast. God desires. God desires. So, so I want to be clear. This is not the fast that Pastor Gregory is calling. That's right. This is not the fast that linked up church is calling. This is the fast that God desires. Let's keep reading. Remove the heavy chains of oppression. Stop exploiting your workers. Set free the crushed and mistreated. Break off every yoke of bondage. Share your food, the food that you're not eating during the fast. Share your food with the hungry. Provide for the homeless and bring them into your home. Clothe the naked. Now, of course, you know, I mean, over, let me add some balance to that. We're not talking about going to get the guy on the corner with the sign and saying, come home and stay with me tonight. I mean, no, sometimes we have family members. Come on, we have people that are right under our nose, struggling. Clothe the naked. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. So the fast that God chooses does five things, and I don't really need to add a whole lot of 
extra to it because the context is very clear. Number one, it sets free those who are bound. Now, how many know you can't set someone else free until you've first been set free? That's right. And so that's why he said in number one, deal with your issues because I need you to be free so that I can use your life to free up other people. You can never give people what you currently don't possess. So set free those who are bound, breaking chains, tearing off yokes, untying ropes. We know that Jesus is in the business of setting people free. And how many of y'all know if Jesus is in the business of setting people free, then we need to be in the business of setting people free. But first, let him set you free so that we can free up others. Then he gives some kind of instruction on what that looks like. Feed those who are hungry. Number two, feed those who are hungry. Share your bread with the hungry. I am believing God to feed, right after this fast, 500 needy families with food. So when we end the fast on the 23rd, 500 cars can drive up, and I pray that we'll have enough volunteers that when they open up their trunk or they open up their door, we can put a week's worth of food in there. Oh, I need a little better amen in there. Amen. Right? So we're going to feed those who are hungry during this fast. But not just because, you know, the Scripture is multi-layered. And, of course, he's talking about the physical body, but how many of you know that there is a bread that can feed for a lifetime. And during a fast, as you, God's imparting to you his word, and he's giving revelation to you, sometimes what the bread that they need is just that impartation. The word of God. You obeying that instruction when he says, share with them this scripture, remind them that I love them, remind them that I still am chasing after them. Because sometimes the oppressed and depressed just need a word from heaven that will deliver them. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Number three shelters the homeless. So I contacted a homeless guy, or not a homeless guy, but a pastor who his ministry is to the homeless. And when he told me about his ministry, I met him several months ago, actually at the top of this year. When he told me about his ministry, I was just so inspired because his ministry was to the homeless in the woods. And of course, I was uneducated. I didn't know. I was unaware and he told me they live in these communities because they want to, not because they have to. And that was interesting to me. So they don't want to, a, a room for the night. They don't want, they just want to be loved, ministered to, and helped. But they're very comfortable where they live. And so I called him on this past Friday, actually on, yeah, on this past Friday, and I said, what can we do to help the homeless people that you minister to? And he said, well, they need hygiene. They need socks. They need underwear. They need clothes. They need jackets. They need uh, blankets. They need food. They need these types of things. But, Pastor, let me warn you. One of the places that I go to, to, they're so back in the woods, it takes us about a mile to walk to them. I said, it's no big deal. As long as I can bring my security with me, let's take the mile hike and let's get the people what they need. Folks, we cannot be afraid to go help people who need help. So we're going to do things during this 21 days of prayer and fasting where we help the homeless 
in a major way. We're going to raise an offering, and the purpose of that offering will be to help homeless people that are in the woods. We're even praying about going to an extended stay or one of these places where the working poor work daily to pay for one night stay, where we just go there and bless people for one night where they can stay one night for free. Oh, I'm not getting a whole lot of excitement in this room today, but that is the heart of God. You might not be down on your luck, but there are a lot of people who are, and God is calling us to help them. Number four, clothe the naked. A lot of times the homeless and the naked run hand in hand. So we're going to go out, we're going to collect clothes, and we're going to go out and buy clothes. And we're going to partner with uh, nonprofits that are out here helping people who need clothes and shoes and diapers and things like that during this season. A lot of times what we don't understand is that Thanksgiving ends and Christmas ends, but these folks' lives continue. That's why I love doing it at the end of January, because it reminds these people that God loves them outside of Thanksgiving and he loves them outside of Christmas, and I am excited to do it. I am excited to sow into it because it is the heart of God. You might be low right now, but there's always somebody that is lower than you, and when you have a heart to reach down to pick somebody else up, God will send somebody into your life who has a heart to reach down and pick you up. Don't think that your situation is so bad that God can't use you to help someone else. That's right. That's right. And then number five, make yourself available to people. Now, folks, this is a grown folks message on today. Now, I know we're in a pandemic, but I'm going to challenge you right now, especially this group. If you're going to work every day, if you're going to the gym if you're eating in restaurants, if you're going about your normal life, but on Sunday you wake up, I would submit to you, be careful that the enemy has not deceived you. That's right. Because the safest place in the world is in the will of God. I believe one of the safest places in the world is in the house of God. And some of you are going to have to fight off laziness, fight off uh, distractions, fight off being comfortable, and get back to what you know God has called you to do, which is help people. Now, I'm going to share something here, folks, and again, it's strong. The reason I didn't stop showing up on Sundays and coming to work, because I understand life. The less you do, the less you want to do. That's right. That's and I was unwilling to stop doing what God called me, do, called me to do because of something the world is dealing with. I had more faith that God could keep me than fear that I would catch something for doing what he called me to do. I'm calling you all back in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We must make ourselves available. You cannot help people laying in your bed. Hello! You cannot help people staying at home. And I'm only talking to people, you know who I'm talking to, who have gotten comfortable. And God is calling us out of that. 
so that we can help people. Can I get a real good amen in this room today? Can I get a real good amen online tonight, today? Fasting isn't simply about giving up food. It's about giving up your resources and your rights for the benefit of others. Jesus is our most powerful example of this. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 9 from the Passion Translation. It says, he, he exited or he existed in the form of God, Philippians 2, 6, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to re be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names because he humbled himself. We look at this picture of Jesus emptying himself out, becoming a servant and dying on the cross, and it would be very tempting for us to say, he did that so that we wouldn't have to. But folks, he did that in all actuality so that we could follow his example. That's why the scripture says a true disciple will pick up his cross and follow him daily. First John talks about we will be as he is in the earth. So everything he did, we're supposed to model. Right. So there are times when we need to make ourselves uncomfortable so that others can be comfortable. Paul also supports this truth uh, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, letter B. Galatians 2.20 says, my old identity has been crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Let's think about each word and each phrase that Paul described here. And when we meditate on that, it is very clearly what Paul is communicating is that when Christ died, he died with him. And the life that he now lives, he lives in honor of the individual who died for him. Folks, I'm getting ready to challenge you today in my last few minutes up here. I wrote something here that I believe is so applicable from this verse. The more you follow Christ, the more you lean into Christ. So when you start leaning out, it's because you're no longer following his heart. You're no longer as hungry as you used to be. See, the proof of desire is in your pursuit. Matthew chapter 5 says, they that do hunger and thirst after me shall be filled. So the more you follow Christ, the more you lean into Christ. The more you die to yourself, the more you are living in a newness of life. The more you live in newness of life, the more you realize, listen very carefully, you don't need the material things you thought you once needed. That's right. I mean, you know, you need a house, 
But it doesn't have to be five bedrooms and five baths. Hello, somebody, when it's just you and your husband living in it. See, be content. Buy what you need, not what you want. See, God blesses you so that you can be a greater blessing to other people. Some people are living in things that they can't afford. You need to sell it. You're struggling to pay for it every single week. It needs to be sold. I need a little better amen in here. If I'm struggling every single month to pay for it, it needs to be sold. You might need a new vehicle, but does it have to be a 2020 Escalade? I submit to you today, all cars do the same thing. Whether you pay $8,000 for them or $800,000 for them, the purpose of a car is to get you from point A to point B. If you are struggling to pay the car note every single month, you need to get rid of the car. Why? So that you can be a greater blessing to other people. But let me tell you the other side to this. If you can afford the big house and you can afford the bigger cars to whom much is given, much is required. God blesses you so that you can be a blessing to other people. I'm going to challenge you today. Fasting is an opportunity to examine what you can afford to live without and share with others. See, do I need four cars, three cars? I can only drive one at a time. See, do I need a closet full of clothes? Do I need, do I need 600 pairs of shoes? <laughs> Some of us would say yes. <laughs> That's why I'm not looking over there. <laughs> I think die, I, flash, die, 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 die. I think everybody in here understands what I'm talking about. Yes. Some of us have food for days. And all God's saying, if you have no interest in sharing that with other people, that's not the kind of fast I'm choosing. Listen to this thought. It's interesting to me, well, once you see what's controlling you, once you see what you can live without, then God says, I'm ready to make some promises to you. See, I had a pastor tell me, one of my mentors tell me a long time ago, you're not going to do something great for God if, you can't, if you're struggling with fried chicken. If you can't live without fried chicken for 21 days. You're not getting ready to do something big for God. Amen. Hello, somebody. Let's not even talk about doing something big for God, and food has a greater control over us than God. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen out there. Sometimes we cover up what's inside of us, what's really going on with food and material things. So instead of addressing it, I go eat more. Instead of addressing it, I go on Amazon and buy more. Packages showing up every single day on my front porch so that I never have to address what's really going on in my life. These people that God is talking to may be able to live without food for a while, but they can't live without power. They can't live without prestige. They can't live without privilege. So God says to them, if you really want to fast, then giving up food isn't good enough. You've got to give up some of your creature comforts also. And when you do this, then you'll get all the benefits that I promised you in verses 8 through 10. Amen. You know, oftentimes 
with what you were saying, you know, there are four basic chases out there in the world. Those four basic chases are money, fame, status, and power. Uh, you better put sex in there, too. No. <laughs> no? Okay. That comes with the power. A lot of guys out here, oh, it does. Money. Yeah, that comes with the power. I thought it was money, sex, and power. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, keep going. Okay, well, you need deliverance. <laughs> and so when you think about what God is telling you to set down, that which is not of him is the wrong chase. If this chase is for a promotion and you're not chasing God as much as the promotion, it's the wrong chase. If you're not chasing God as much, chase, as much as you're chasing that investment opportunity that's going to break you to $1 million in 25 days, it's not of God. If the chase is for more power and more authority over people, whether it's your wife or your husband, your children, if that's more of a chase than is God, no wonder your children are bucking up. No wonder your co-workers can't hear you. I'm talking to every saint that's out there because there's an anointing on your life to live as he lived, but also to reap what he reaped. He's at the right hand of the Father, making intercessions for us. And he left us the Holy Spirit so that he can minister to us on what we need to filter out, but then to replace of him. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, he says that you will have more than what you could, that Ephesians promise, that you, could, you would have more than you could ever ask or believe for. Exceedingly. Exceedingly abundantly above all. And this is what he says in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 8 through 12. This is his promises to his people. He said, if you chase me, I will make, chase me not in how many scriptures you can quote. Chase me not in how much you attend church. Chase me not in how much you give. Chase me not how much you serve. Chase me in who you are. And then because of who I am, and as that appears in who you are, you'll automatically do those things because those things are doorways to this. Yeah, how hungry are you? He says, then my favor will bathe you in sunlight. Number one, you will have favor. You will walk in a supernatural faith. Favor as in people want to do good things for you just because. Yes. Some of us are believing God for favor with our spouses. Some of us are believing God for favor with just our kids. Some of us are believing God for favor with our landlords and our mortgages, our bank reps, our bosses, our coworkers. Some of us just want people to do good by us because we need it. He says, and, and you will... Until you are like the dawn bursting through dark light. When favor is on your life, you shine. Yes. You shine because people recognize there's, a, there's something. They might not be able to call it out, but there's something. Yeah. I don't know why I always want to tell you my issues. Yeah. must be something in me that believes you have the answer. Yeah, yeah. And the answer is not up here. The answer is down here because out of you will flow rivers of living water. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, and then suddenly your healing will manifest. Number two, healing will manifest suddenly. Have you ever been in a situation where you were believing God for healing? I was believing God for healing one time, and I'm just fasting and praying. I'm so focused on what's going on that I didn't even realize that it, 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 it didn't bother me no more. Mm. 
My knee wasn't talking back to me. Crick, 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 crick. You know, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's when you're so focused more on what's going on within you and outside of you for, uh, on behalf of other people that God will manifest something that you've been secretly believing for. Number three, right standing with him, he will lead you towards peace and holiness. He says, you will see your righteousness march out before you. Yes. He says, you will see your righteousness march out before you. He says, as you chase me, your righteousness, you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Why? Because your confidence is so high in who he is. Yeah. That you'll see how he, God, I see you working. Yeah. Have you ever made that statement where you see something, you like, it's not making sense to you, but you're like, God, I see you working. Yeah. God, I, I see you. I see you. Yeah. And it makes you, it propels you to now obey him more. Yeah. That sounds like Matthew 6, Seek ye first the, the kingdom, kingdom of, of God, God and his righteousness. And what you're mm -hmm. going to see is he's just going to keep adding things into your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he says, and then Yahweh, oh, oh, no, 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 back up. And the glory of Yahweh will protect you from all harm. All. Number four, he will protect you from all harm. Including he, COVID. Including COVID. COVID can hit your body. Somebody was talking to me, and I took a picture. I'm going to say it. I took a picture with my connect group. We had been around each other, and I'm thinking this. If we can sit at a table together. Mask off and eat. We can take a five-second picture together. And someone called me, wanting to say, well, "Why are you taking a picture? You, your mask was not on your face." Listen, COVID better be scared about touching me more than I'm scared about it. it. So even if COVID did touch my body, it's gonna die. Right. Yeah. I, I would even venture to say, I bet it has touched my body. I've never been tested for it, but I bet it has touched touched my body. But my confession every day is the same. If it does, it dies instantly in the name of Jesus because my immune system is strong and it functions the way God designed it to function, beating every symptom, disease, and virus that comes into my body. That's right. Amen. And so then his glory, he said his glory will protect you from all harm. You will be bubbleized. <laughs> insulated. What a, glo a glory it, mask. It, it might come, but it's not going to harm you. Yeah. And even if it looks like it harms you, God has a way of making all things work together. Yeah. No See, we don't die. Even if we die in the midst of something, we just go on to the glory. Yeah. Which is far greater. If we don't believe the word, we got to believe the word for the Christian. That's right. We're the ones that mourning, but the reality is your loved ones, my mama, Diane's mother, Sam's mother, they're dancing, ain't thinking about now one of us. <laughs> Number five, answered prayer. He says, and then Yahweh will answer you when you pray. Mm. It says Yahweh will answer you. One of the manifestations of a true believer is answered prayer. Not my answer, yeah. but the answer. Some of us are believing God amissed. We're, believe, we're believing God. God, I want that new Discovery Range Rover. I want that new Discovery Range Rover. He said, no, I'm calling you right now to a Yukon Denali. He says, obedience is better than sacrifice. I heard that back there. <laughs> Number six, help and be close to you in trouble. He says, when you cry out 
for help, in verse 9, he will say, I am here. He will say, I am here. Notice in this verse, he's not saying that he'll eradicate all trouble. But he says, I will be there to walk you through it. That's good. I will be there to walk you through That's it. That's good. And you will come out like refined gold. You'll come out like the most brilliant of diamonds. You'll come out smelling like a rose. That's so good. Number seven, revelation. He goes on to say, if you banish every form of oppression and scornful accusation and, slander, and vicious slander, he says, if you banish it. Some of us walk in this place of offense because people have accused us of something that we didn't do. People talk about us for no reason. We don't understand why people just reject and don't like us. He says, banish it. If you just empty yourself of you, if you just empty yourself of you and don't allow yourself to be caught up in what other people may think, say, or do, he says then, I will be the one to give you revelation. I will be the one that will give you direction. I will be the one to give you instruction. And then, yeah, he says, I will cause you to shine. Not for your glory, but for my glory. Amen. Number eight, trials will turn into testimonies and messes will turn into messages. Your victimization will end up as your victory. And listen, God will take your battles and make you the victorious one all day, every day. You got to understand, someone said this to me, and I'm like, you know what, that's powerful, and I'm going to develop it. But there is purpose in your pain. And all too often, all too often, I run into people in 23 years of ministry that are addicted to being a victim. Look at what happened to me. Look at what I went through. Look at what, they want the pity. They want attention at all costs. That's not God. They want people to feel sorry for them or to have compassion on them because of what they went through, but God has delivered you. God has set you free. He died on that cross, shed his blood, went to hell for three days to pay that cost. And not being insensitive to what people have gone through. People have gone through a lot. But allow yourself to be healed so that now that testimony of what you went through is truly a victory dance in front of the enemy that says, yeah, that happened. I'm not there, though. This is what God did through me to get past it. And that's where you set people free. Enough of this share my story, and my story is stuck in this mess. Share my story so that I can show people, how God can show people how I walked in his victory. Let me share something right here, too. I, I just believe I'm picking up something. Some of you all, 2020 has been the greatest test of your life. But I want you to hear very carefully. Maybe you're in the room also. The greater the test, the greater the testimony. 2020 set you up for 2021. Some of you all have dealt with so much mess, you don't even think you can deal with anymore. The greater the mess, the greater the message. And I want your heart to be comforted with this. God never allows us to go through anything that we cannot bear. And so if you were chosen for the assignment, guess what? You're also chosen for the victory. That's right. Rise up. Get ready. 
Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Yes. Number nine, it says in verse 11, Yahweh will always guide you to where, and what to, where to go and what to do. He will fill you with refreshment. It says in number nine, he will always guide you on where, where to go and what to do. How many of us want to hear from the Holy Spirit? You want to hear from the Holy Spirit. That means getting all the other mess out the way. You know, all too often I hear about people who stop smoking. Praise God. Hallelujah. But they replaced it with a whole bunch of food. When you stop eating, when you stop cussing, when you start fornicating, when you fast for God, it's to replace it with more of him. And when you have more of him, you hear his instruction because it comes first from his word. That's right. It's good. He says in verse, 11, I mean, in number 11 is he, you will have restored strength. He says he will fill you with refreshment even when you are in a dry, difficult place. He will restore you with strength no matter what you're going through and what you're dealing with. When you think, because a lot of women, a lot of folks these days are saying, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Let me tell you, baby, you're tired because you've been working in and of yourself. When you hook up with the Holy One, when you hook up with God Almighty, he says, I will renew your strength like yeah. eagle's wings. Yeah. I will set you on high. Yeah. And when he does that, your strength is renewed, and you realize you just needed to step out the way in the first place and rest in him so that he can do the work before you. Yes. He says, in, and then number 12, your life will flourish and be a blessing to others. And that's what it's all about. In the business world and in negotiations, we understand and you know that you are, in order for you to get what you want out of somebody else, you got to make sure they understand what's in it for them. That's how the world works. Jesus says, listen, when you just do what you need to do for me, I will use whomsoever I will to impart to you. Yes. See, all too often we treat other people like creditors. I did for you, so now you owe me. I did for you, so now you owe me. No, you sow into that person, and God will cause a stranger to work on your behalf. That's right. I want to share this quick testimony I've just led to share. My daughter, at the beginning, right after Thanksgiving, she goes grocery shopping, and she's calling me, and she tells me, Ma, I'm at this Kroger, and this boy, 15 years old, he comes up, he asked me for $13. And at first I was like, uh, uh I don't know nothing about, you know. And then I saw that he, there was a, a, a parent, his mother, and another child with them. And so she said after she had said no, she felt convicted in her spirit. And she says, if I see this boy again, I'm going um, to find a way to give him some money. So she saw him as she was leaving because she's fussing about not having the budget she wants for the groceries she needs. The girl eats well. Don't let the size deceive you. And so she finds the boy, and she gives him, she, she says, do you have cash up? He, he doesn't even know what cash up is. And so she says, okay, well, there was an ATM there. She goes to the ATM, and she takes out $20, and she gives him 20 and her roommate gives him 10 because he wanted $13 to help pay for the extended stay for that night for his mother and his, his younger sibling. So that was at the beginning, the beginning of December, the uh, ending of November. In the meantime, she had, uh, she had messed up her car. She was driving, not paying attention, and she messed up her car. So she messes up her car. Of course, she's going to call Daddy, and Daddy's going to make it happen. And Daddy calls, calls somebody that we know, and he uh, asks him about fixing it, send pictures and everything else. The guy says, okay, I can do it for this much. Now, whenever she makes a mistake like that, who's responsible for paying for it? She is. She is. Now, teach these kids responsibility and let them live in the consequences of their behavior. But anyway, she says, okay, I got to come up with 
over a thousand dollars and she's fussing and she's you know and so my husband takes it to the gentleman and the gentleman at that time we didn't okay no let me just tell the story takes it to him he fixes it okay and then my husband calls me when we go to pick it up a week and a half later and says babe you're not gonna believe this I said what he says he made the entire repair for free I said what he said yeah he said when we dropped when I dropped it off to him he said Holy Spirit told him in that moment, this one you do for free. And so he didn't understand it. He, he had made up in his heart, okay, I'm going to do this one for free. And, I mean, he did it to perfection, too. And so, but what happened was, what you, was it three or four days later? Yes. He tells the story that he had owed money to somebody else. Which is twice as much. Three times, almost three, three, times. three four times as much as what it cost to repair, make the repair. The person calls him, tells him, let's get together. They get together, and he forgives him of all this debt. And praise God for that, but what was precious to me was when my husband called my daughter saying, God, let this God to pay for for you, and this was his testimony on how God showed up for him as he showed up for you. And my daughter said, Mommy, I know that was the result of the seed I sowed into that boy. My daughter don't know this man. This man don't know my daughter. And now one of them know the little boy. My point is, when you take the heart to impart to other people without needing anything back from him, God will show up for you in greater ways. And he will move on the hearts of whoever to get it to you. I'm going to wrap it up here. He says in verse 11, your life will flourish and be a blessing to others. Number 13, you will rebuild what was ruined, building on foundations that were laid before you. Some of you are walking in the blessings that you had nothing to do with. Some of you are here because grandmama prayed and fasted for you and your mama. Some of you are here and walking in stuff that you know you didn't earn. Some of you have gotten situations and gotten favor uh, uh, and, 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 you, and you thought that you was toiling, you thought that you was going through something, but then one day somebody just woke up and said, you know what, let me do something on behalf of this person. It's good. He says that you will, be, you will rebuild on, on, ruin, on, on what was ruined and on foundations that were laid before you. He says you will be known as a repairer and a restorer. You, what he's talking about here is you will be known as a repairer in communities. You will be known as restorers of the breach, he says. Restorers of that which is missing. Yep. God needs somebody that will plug the holes in society. God needs somebody that will go out and get something done instead of talking about it. God will, you, needs people that, are, that have a heart to say, you know what? If no one else, God, I will. Amen. Not for glory. Not for their own glory but so that somebody else could see his light. Yeah. Verses 8 through 12 in this chapter is like a picture of what God intends, how he intends his people to live. He intends his people to live selfless so that if they're not so absorbed with themselves, he can be absorbed with them. Yeah. You know, one of the things, my husband wrote this down as an illustration, but it's so true. You know, how many of you are from the Northeast or the Midwest? The East Coast, New York, New Hampshire, Michigan, Ohio, Chicago. And so you know winter comes, right? And what happens to our roads? Freeze and thaw. Freeze and thaw. Free which means we have what? 
all y'all already know, potholes. And of course, any good city, any funded city or any funded state is supposed to go in and fill those potholes because they understand that every time someone drives over those potholes, accidents happen, cars are being tore up. It's a wreck on society. Well, you know what? We were made from dirt. That's all we are. We were made from dirt. And he wants to take the lowest of the low so he can shine the brightest of the bright. And sometimes you're that dirt. You're that dirt that God needs to use to fill the potholes in society, to fill the potholes in lives, to fill the potholes in hearts so that they can be restored to their heavenly father. Yes. And when they are, he gets to shine. And the only way he shines is how? Through you. So good. Let's all stand to our feet. Are you all ready for this fast? This will be like no other prayer and fasting we have ever done. If you're watching online, please stand wherever you are, kitchen, living room, bedroom, please stand. As we conclude, I want to kind of give a summary as a challenge because, as a matter of fact, before I even do that, a, a scripture was just quickened to me. Can you pop 2 Chronicles seven fourteen up on the screen for me? New King James Version, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. I want to show you all that God has not changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, something similar to the song that they sang last week, Minister Bernard shared this morning, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not my hand. Fasting is not about getting, and prayer is not about getting a new car and a new house and a new home. Said if they will seek my face, watch this, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin. Then I will heal their land. Folks, America needs healing right now. The land of America needs healing right now. God does nothing in this earth unless his people ask him. We have an opportunity to go before God on behalf of the United States of America and beyond. But God is first asking us to deal with ourselves. Folks, the church has a responsibility to be a light to the world, not to be like the world. So fasting isn't simply about subtracting from your life. It's about adding to your life in place of what you subtract. As my wife said, don't just replace not eating with more television. Don't just replace not eating with binge watching your favorite shows. Replace not eating with spending more time with God. Listen very carefully. You fast from food so that you can add worship so that you can add prayer, so that you can add greater devotion. You take time away from normal things that might bring you pleasure that may or may not be wrong in and of themselves, listen very carefully, so that you can seek a higher pleasure that's only found in God. The question I want to leave us with this morning is do you desire more of God? 
Are you hungry for more of God? Raise your hand. Online, I want you to type it in. I want more of God. I'm hungry for more of God. And if that is your motive for this Connect 21, then not only are you going to get more of God, but you're going to get more of the stuff that you actually need to be comfortable in this life. I want more of God. If you have a fear that you don't desire God enough, how many know that's a godly kind of fear? If that is really what you're saying. I, I'm concerned that I don't desire God enough. Folks, I'll be the first to admit, I have a concern. I don't desire God enough. I need to desire Him more in my life. How I many know a good prayer that you can pray is, God, increase my desire for you. God, increase my desire for you. That's a prayer I believe that God will always honor if your prayer is, God, increase my desire for you. To me, it's like the man who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And how many of you know God helped him? This is what God is after, folks. He wants his people to want more of him and less of everything else. Let's lift our hands before the Father right now as I pray over our online viewing audience and I pray over everyone in this room. Father, I believe that is a prayer that you will honor today. And so we're asking you to give us a heart that is hungry for you, Father. Give us a heart that desires more of you and less material things, less food, less promotions, less money, less pleasure, less indulgences. Father, give this linked up church community a greater hunger and desire for more of you in our lives. And then help us to press into that, Father. My prayer right now is that you would increase in this church and that we would decrease. My prayer, Father, is that it will be less of us and more of you. Have your way in this linked up community today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. While you're in an attitude of prayer today, watching online or in this building, I want to give two invitations today. If you're out there, listen, God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you. And he gave him as a gift for you so that you could experience eternal and abundant life. Not just in heaven, but right down here on earth. And so during this season of Christmas, it's not about you going out buying gifts for other people. It's about us receiving the greatest gift ever given to man, yes. and his name is Jesus Christ. If all you received this Christmas was Jesus, then you got more than everybody else. And so if you're watching today or you're in this room and you don't have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I got complacent. I lost my hunger. I lost my desire. I got away from God. I used COVID. I used this season as an excuse 
to just do what I wanted to do because I couldn't go to church or whatever excuse we make up. That's you today. You want to come back to Christ. You want to rededicate your life. I want you to know that God is waiting on you with open arms. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He's waiting on you with open arms to not just restore you back to him, but also restore everything that you may have lost while you were out there. So if everyone would in the room and that's watching online, if you would just put your right hand over your heart and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, desire I desire more of you. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm hungry for more of you. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. I'm asking Lord Jesus to come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Praise God. Can we just rejoice with every person that we believe by faith, prayed that prayer sincerely from their hearts? We never can see the full reach of how many people actually prayed that prayer watching online, and we believe it's more than what actually lets us know. But I want you online, I want to speak to you first, to take your next step. We have a gift that we would love to put in your hand. If you would be willing to take your next step by texting Get Connected to 94090, we have a team and a staff that is on standby to minister to you, answer any questions that you may have. We have a gift that we'd like to mail out to you, but you've got to take that next step. It would do God's heart so much good, and it would do our heart a lot of good as well. If you would just text, get connected to 94090. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.